Listener Production. Okay, here we go. He is ice cool in moments like this. Oh, the big fella runs back into heavy traffic. Look at him go! Oh, he's knocked the headgear off him. This is G'day everybody, it's Footy Talk back for 2024 and today, Wade Owen Woods, you're going to do their fearless predictions. Yeah, we've got a couple of fearless predictions and I'll let you know where I think the Broncos are going to end up after the grand final loss. Objectively, I'm going to tell you how my shark is going to go. G'day everybody, it's the Footy Talk podcast. We are back for 2024. Maroon, Woodsy and Wado. We're going to start by doing some fearless predictions with these two legends of the game. We'll talk about the team's chances and ultimately we'll get to a ladder prediction from these guys as well. Let me welcome them both in. Woodsy, how are you firstly, mate? I'm good, mate. Good to see you, Maroon. It's been a while. Have you done any training at all? You look like you swallowed Carl <laughs> Sandylands. Well, I did spend a bit of time in Vegas. Yeah. I uh, enjoyed myself over there to uh, pump the game up. Mm. But no, nah, mate, training's been very hard. Siebes has got us in uh, good nick, mate. Yeah. And what about congratulations, Sarah and you became yes. parents again, the third? Yeah, got another little boy, Mac. Mm-hmm. Um, Mac Aaron Woods. Yeah. So uh, I had no input in the middle name. It was all my missus. But mm-hmm. um, just hard. Like, you know, you go from that. Just as you get them out of um, nappies, they're toilet trained, and you're just back into the the, yeah. uh, the firing mm. line again. And then you become grandparents and you've got to worry about it all over again. <laughs> uh, Wado, Wade Graham, Woodsy just asked you a question off air, which I, it's the question of the off season. <laughs> Have you been into the gym at all? Well, no, I actually haven't, not into the gym. Right. But I've been staying physically active. I've um, walked the golf course plenty of times since retirement uh, and I've got a little setup at home that I've, I've jumped into. Mm-hmm. I'm certainly enjoying it. It's been quite good. Um, not having the preseason, not having that pressure and stress and that anxiety of trying to push your team to, you know, that that elite level and, and look forward to, you know, the, the pressures that come with an NRL season. So I'm certainly at this stage um, content with my decision to retire. It was, it was definitely the right time for me. And uh, I'm looking forward to this season as, you know, not just the work we're going to do here at Triple M, talking about the footy, but being a fan of the game. It's a game I've loved since I was a, a six-year-old and um, I'm looking forward to being able to sit back without the pressure and just watch as a fan again. Mm. I know you said you, you're sort of not worried about the pressure, but have you missed just being around the boys in the locker room? Uh, yeah, obviously there's, there is that hollow, that hollow, a little bit of hollow feeling, not waking up and spending every day with, you know, the, ultimately yeah. your best mates who you spend mm. so much time with. But I feel fortunate, you know, like <laughs> I've turned into a bit of a golf tragic. I've always been a golf you, tragic. Mate, you always have. But been. I've always been a golf tragic, but I leave my clubs there. There's a locker room. Oh. So I rock up there. I head into the locker room. Has it got your own plaque yet? Or? Uh, I say hello to the boys <laughs> who are out there at golf. I, I, I chat and banter yep. with the guys in the clubhouse and head out, have my round and, you're never going to replace the feeling of a footy dressing room yep. and, and, you know, how you go about your day, but that's certainly filled the void a little bit. And yeah. man, I've been able to spend that much time with my kids. I've got two boys. Will's about to start school in a week and um, youngest Tommy is a out-and-out out maniac. He's the second child. He's the second son. So Probably doesn't listen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's, uh, he's interesting every day, but yeah, the time spent with them and, and the family and we bit, we went to Canada for eight weeks yep. before Christmas. It's been amazing. Like I said, I'm really content. I'm um, back doing some consultancy work with the Sharkies. So Beautiful. I'm still involved with the team and, and the club and um, we're kicking off here at Triple M. So our first footy talk on Listener, I'm looking forward to the rest of the year. Listen, why don't we, now that you've you brought up the, the Sharkies and you're back on the co- the uh, staff there, we're going to do some predictions. Why don't we start with the Sharkies? Obviously, with you and Moylan gone, they've lost 
some experienced players, very experienced players. We know Adam Fanua Blake is coming, but he's not going to be here this season. Is it possible for you to have an objective view of how the Sharks will go this year? Yes, I'm put them at the top of the table, number one. <laughs> <laughs> so I think uh, objectively, subjectively, you'll have to uh, make your mind over that. But I, I feel like without us down there in the Shire, there's still a few question marks that we have to answer. Um, you know, firstly, there's been a massive loss of experience down there, but I feel like that sort of area they're well equipped to deal with. You know, they still have Dale Finucane, uh Cam McInnes, um, you know, Nico Hines, and they've got a crop of young guys there ready to take that next step into leadership. You know, Teague Wilton, Ronnie, Ronnie Mortalo, Blake Braley. And, you know, sometimes, you know, when you have someone there, a, a particular leader, an experienced player who's been there for such a long time, there's, there's a level of comfort, right, because you know they're there, they've done the job before, and you sort of go to them guys uh, whenever, you know, you have questions about things. But, you know, it can also hold you back a little bit because of that comfort. And, yeah. you know, without that, mm. with that void there now, it allows an opportunity for guys to step up and take on that role. And, you know, for the Sharkies to be successful this year, players are going to have to step up. But certainly it can be the making of some guys and that's what, you know, the squad will be looking to do. And, you know, from a footy sense with the Sharkies, there's no doubt, you know, the last couple of seasons, the biggest performance gap, you know, with the team is being able to get the job done in the games where we've needed to get it done. So mainly around the bigger games against the, the big team or, or teams who are sitting in the same position or above you uh, on the ladder mm. and in the finals. We've managed to get two finals, but we've been bundled out both times. So that's the performance gap for the Sharkies. That's the gap I know they're working hard on and I can't be objective with the Sharks. They're yeah. my team. I'll mm. be doing everything that I can um, in the position I am to help them improve throughout the season. But, you know, they're the two things the team needs to go after if they want to see themselves um, ultimately have premiership success. Mm, Woodsy, you've played for all the teams, so you can be <laughs> objective. How do you see the Sharkies? No, I, I think the biggest gap they've got to fill is the one with Wado. You know, like you said, the experience. Uh, I think it's a huge year for Nico Hines. Look, he had that overcome the adversity of getting dropped from origin, but he did a great job in that. And he found himself in the Australian jersey at the back end of the year. He got a couple of games. And then for his form in that, he ended up playing the final. Uh, they had to pick him because he played so well in the, in the lead-up game. But it's just when, you know, like Wade has said, when you come against those hard sides, now who's he going to lean to? A lot of the time you go straight to Wado. And Wado, I've played under Wado. Wado makes you just worry about your job. Whereas if he's going to be the C next to your name or Dale, there's going to be so much more for him to focus on. It's not just about himself, you know. And, and there's been times over the last probably, especially 12 months, especially that origin period, how he handled it, you know, a lot of pressure. Um, he went a bit quiet. We, we hear from him quite a fair bit in the media and social media, but he went just went cold on us, but it's how he reacts because a lot of the players, like Wade I said before, in, in you know the likes of Ronaldo, Blake Braley, Braden Ueli, they've got to step up. They're first graders now. They're, they're not their first or second year anymore. They've played four or five years. They're seasons now. You know, the depth that I'm worried about at Cronulla, look, they let Wade's gone. You've lost Matt Moylan, which they had the luxury of, of rotating uh, Moylan with Braden Trindle. Mm. Um, so now if Trindle gets an injury or, or Nico, who do they put there? Uh, I'm not too sure. I don't know what young kids they've got. In, uh, I think it's Daniel Atkinson. Yeah, got young Akko. Akko. Um, there's a couple of young boys floating yep. around there. And, and there's, there's a possibility of, you know, maybe young K. Dykes moving Do into, yeah, well, into the halves in the long back. term. He's back this year um, after his ACL. But if all things stay even and the boys stay healthy, yep. it'll be it'll be Trindle and, and Nico Hines. And I think Braden showed towards the back end of last year when he got his opportunity. Like, he was ready. Like, he probably play, hasn't played enough first grade as one would expect, but yep. that's because, you know, Fitzy's been patient with him. 
Um, and he showed that patience really paid off because when he came into the into the team at the back in the last year, he was not just um, you know filling the gap. He yep. was he, he belonged there, and he was really taking some pressure off Nico. And I think. You know, where the void will come, you know, with losing the, the experience, it, it, w- it won't necessarily come, you know, when the team's going well because yeah. it's easy to play good footy when you're in a good rhythm and things are all going well. It's when you face some adversity and you never get through a whole NRL season without adversity, whether it be injuries, suspensions, just dips in forms. That's when, you know, your leaders really stand up and, and steady the ship and keep everyone on, on track. And um, that'll be the test will come for the Sharks you know, during those periods. And, of course, they need to win those big games. And the other one as well is you've always had – so in the back line, like your back line is outstanding. Will Kennedy, you've got Talakai, Mulatalo, Katoa, but you've always had that good feeling man in Connor Tracy. Yep. Like Connor Tracy, geez, he's filled a great role. But then I thought it was a funny one to see them get the opportunity to let him go to the dogs, but then there's got a really good young kid like Cal Ira. It'll, it'll yeah. be good to see him get an opportunity. You know, he was there at the club when I was there. Uh, I think he came come in my last year. And just to watch what he's done, you know, he runs for 200-plus metres in, in reserve grade. And I reckon if he's one of those players that gets that little bit of an opportunity, I reckon he'll grab it with both yeah, hands. Yeah, well, another one is Dykesy again, yeah, right? Dykesy, we can yep. see Dykesy if there's an injury in the outside back. He's got the – the ability to play any position in yep. the back line, whether it's on the wing, in the centres. Obviously, his number one position is, is fullback, but yep. he's probably not going to take over Will Kennedy there at the back. So as we see with a lot of young fullbacks coming through, their talent, you can't keep them out of the team. Yeah. It's about finding those opportunities, whether it's through injuries or off the bench sometimes. He's a big body. So those two guys you said, Carl Ira and Kay Dykes for me, will be the two that are really – if there's any reshuffling around, those guys will be getting plenty of time this year. And just the big question mark, Wade said it, it's the big games. You know, can they beat the likes of the Storm, the Panthers, and then the semifinals? They've been in the semifinals twice last year and they're 0-3, so they need to win those big games. Okay, let's leave the Sharkies there. I'm going to start with you, Woodsy. Give them a number. Where do they finish? Um, I'm, I'm, they're going to get just get pipped for the eight, I reckon. They've probably got them in the 10th spot. Okay. Objectively, Wade-o. i got them at number one, mate. Oh, okay. <laughs> now, Parramatta... Made the grand final in 2022. We expected big things last season. They didn't even make the eight. Now they get Kelmatua Lungi. They get Morgan Harper. A couple of blokes you have played footy with Woodsy. What about Parramatta? They've still got a great halfback, a great 5'8", yep. a top-class fullback. I remember, you know, you look at their last year, their first four games, they all got beat by, I think it was like two points, four points, one point. And they were playing all the sides off a bye. Well, sorry, yeah, off a bye, so they had a week off before. Yeah, that's right. They had that yeah. weird anomaly, was a, wasn't it? It was a really tough start for Parramatta, and I reckon if they could have just jagged one, they might have got that, you know, the second one would have came, but they just missed the jump at the start of last year. Um, you know, there was so much promise with, with Parramatta, but then as well as they lost a lot of players the year before, you know, um, which was all the talk is how Parramatta's going to handle it. I tell you, just to cut in there, what, what went absolutely burko in the off-season – was you doing some traditional Lebanese dancing at Mitch Moses's wedding? Oh, how did you get that <laughs> footage, oh, mate? I fantastic. It was, mate, it was like being back in the old. Country. I was actually trying to dance next to Brad Arthur, see if he had a contract for me the year after. <laughs> and he's going, "Who's this bloke?" <laughs> anyway, sorry to cut no, him but, off. Um, yeah. Well, they were in good. They were in uh, fine form that day. Yeah. Um, they, they seemed pretty positive about yeah. the season. I was talking to the boys. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was a tough one because going into the season, you know, they just signed Hopgood, but then they lost, like, Papa Leahy. There's some big names that, that they did lose. And the question mark was, can they back up? Was that the the little period that they had the chance to win the comp against pa- uh, Penrith that season? Obviously, it was disappointing against Penrith the way they played, but then 
I just think they missed the jump at the start of last year, Wader. You know, the shining light for him, I suppose, Mitchell Moses, he got his opportunity for the New South Wales jersey and he kept it. You know, it's going to be a tough one for him to keep it with Nathan Cleary coming back from injury. But I, I hope he can. He's a good mate of mine and, and the experience he's got from it. Um, I know Brad Arthur's questioned him, his leadership. You know, he's one of the integral parts of that squad. And then the other thing as well, they need Dylan Brown on the field. You know, he had a poor... Not a, not a poor year, but just off-field indiscretions. Yeah. He missed quite a fair yeah. bit of footy. At, at an important time at, of the season. It was the main time they needed him out there, especially with Mitchell being in origin. He was out, I think he missed what, four or five weeks yep. for that suspension that he came up with. And then speaking to Mitch, he reckons it's been the best off-season that Dylan Brown's had. Mm, and and that's something that you really, you know, as a para fan, it, it's what they really want to hear. Because if they get those two blokes firing, they've got great big bodies up front, Campbell Gillard, you know, Junior Paulo. It's just about getting that spine working hard for them. Is number nine an issue for I think, mm. I think it is. I know mm. Reed Marnie went to um obviously the Bulldogs the season before. They they jumped between Hodgson and Young Hands came in. They yeah. got Lussick at the back end of the Lussick year. Lussick at the back end of last year. So that is, you know, there was a great rhythm when Reed Marnie was there. Like when your spine is all in rhythm, all in sync, they they have a lot of games together and that um that combination. It does take a lot of pressure off yeah. each one member because they sort of all know how they want to get around the park, what the plan is, and execute it together. And I feel like they just didn't quite settle last year in that hooking position after after losing Reed Marnie, who had been there for for such a long time. And um, for me. As Woodsy said, they they did miss the jump last year. They weren't far away in those games, but a lot of the, a lot of the games were high scoring. I know the the game we had against them earlier at Combank Stadium was something like thirty two thirty our mm. way. So you just never know if those results yeah. go the other way. If they get their confidence, they get on that roll again. And and for me, you know, it is all about their start because if they don't start well and they, and they have a few losses the start of the year and, and they they are found short and, and chasing their tail. You know, the, the pressure starts to build on the Mitchell Moses and the Dylan Brown. And there was talk last year about him actively looking for a fullback to re- replace Gutho, to move Gutho in. And uh, that's that sort of stuff is crazy to me because he he's their barometer, I feel like. I know Mitch Moses is obviously the focal point, but Gutho is their effort guy. He's their captain. He's the hardest. Uh, he competes on everything. He's the hardest playing, like one of the hardest working players in, oh. in the NRL competition. So for me, I feel like they're starting the season certainly – under a little bit of pressure and they need to start well. Otherwise, the pressure and the noise is going to continue to build. And I, I don't have them in my eight. I, I have them just out of the eight and at 10th. Right. So, yeah, it's hard. Like, when I was going through it, it's just hard to fit everyone in. It's the first time yeah. I've actually done a ladder mm, predicto and, and I found tough. it hard because you shook it around. But going off last year and obviously the teams that I've put above them, you know, I just feel like they need to be at their best and have a really good run, play their best footy with no injuries and no suspension because – you know, if they find themselves under a little bit of pressure, I don't know how they're going to come back from that. With suspension injury, that's a big one because every team does go through it. But they missed heaps. You know, Dylan Brown and the other one was Sean Lane. Yeah, Sean he Lane. Was he was their player injured, of the year yeah. the year before. And I think he did his hamstring, then he did his jaw. They missed so much footy through him, but and he's one of the Mitchells go to on that right edge. So, well, their their points of the attack changed because the year before. You know, had Papa Lee on one edge yep. and Sean Lane, and it was almost like Sean Lane into the three man, either offload to Gutho and, and Mitch Brown, and then or a quick play the ball, and they'd play off the back of that. They missed that last year. And when you don't make those indents and, and create momentum, all of a sudden the rest of the attack suffers. So they need to find that again, that momentum, that those focal points of attack. Otherwise, okay, you got them at tenth. What about you, Woodsy? Mate, I've got the Eels at seventh. Okay, just, you got them in the eight. In, just sneaking okay. in, yeah. Oh! 
All right, guys. So we're doing a, a, the guys, Wade Woodsy's fearless predictions for the 2024 season. Now let's go to the Canberra Raiders. I want to start with the coach here. Ricky has been coaching them for the last decade. We know they got to the grand final in 2019. Maybe they were unlucky not to win that. But I wonder, given the fact that it's been so long, it's been since the 90s since the Raiders won a premiership, Wado, do you think Ricky is under a bit of pressure? Well, he just re-signed, didn't he? Yeah. I thought he just re-signed. That's so, d- I, I, taking that on board, that doesn't seem to matter anymore. Yeah, no, I think, listen, I think he's pretty settled down there. He's obviously got the backing of the Raiders. What is a Raiders legend? And he just never seems to be under pressure, Ricky. No. So, you know, I wouldn't say he is under pressure, but, you know, the, the question mark on their team is, you know, obviously lost Joe Croker. They're, you know, one of their captains for many years, 300-game player, their, their most experienced player. Jack Whiten, he's been their best player for the last, you know, you could argue almost decade, really, mm. um, while he's been wearing Raiders colour and he's he's been the 5'8", so he's been a spine member. So how they replace him, because Jack didn't just bring his footy. Jack brought the, you know, we just talked about Gutho before, that energy to compete, that willingness to be aggressive, his kicking game, his, his kick chase on the back of that, and he really led from the front with his actions. So, you know, that's a big void to fill. And, you know, I don't know who's really going to slot into that 5'8 position. I know... They, they really haven't bought anyone to replace him. K.O. Weeks. K.O. Weeks. Manly. And okay. He's, he's, he's a young. Like a, he's a fullback slash 5'8". So, um, they also lost Matt Frawley, who yeah, gone he was sort of the backup half who come in and, and partner too. Jamal Fogarty when, when Jackie wasn't yep. playing. So there's a lot of question marks down there. Um, you know, a lot relies on the shoulders of their big boys, Tarpany and Papali, you know, how they get forward. There's no doubt when they're playing their best footy, they're just a different type of football team because they challenge you over the ad line with their their big bodies through the middle and they Mm -hmm. make you work on every play with their second phase footy. But again, off the back of that second phase footy, normally it would be Jackie Whiten Mm. playing with, um, you know, Hudson Youngie's back rowers. So it's a big, big void to fill. There's a lot of question marks over the team and and how they're going to replace you know, particularly Jack Whiten. And, you know, I have them quite low. I have them at 14th on, wow. on the ladder. I just think Jackie Whiten is going to be massive because Wado said that he's, he's like an energy man and, and players react to when players do good things around each other. He has a good left foot boot and you watch nine times out of ten, he's the first one to make contact. And when he tackles you, he's not going in for just a, a, just, a just cuddle and wrestle. He's going in to sort of absolutely fold you in half and, and that – lifts players around you. Um, look, I love, you know, what, you know, Hudson Young brings to a side. He he got the opportunity to play Origin. I think he played the first two games, didn't play the third one. He's an unpredictable player. They've got a few unpredictable players in their side and, you know, the Rapanas. You just, you don't know what you're going to get from them. They could be rocks or diamonds, but then they could throw a flick pass and, and win you the game. But the thing with, you know, Canberra, they were pretty consistent in their wins because they didn't win any more games by more than eight points, you know, or lose by mm. a certain margin. So for me, it's just about them being consistent again. They probably flew under the radar last year, just sneaking into the eight, which probably takes a bit of heat off them going into this season. But I think there is a few question marks down there. You know, they were, you know, in the grand final three years ago. Um, the form that they played that year, we haven't seen much of it recently. Um, they're still a tough side to beat because you look at the front row, it's it's Papalihi and Tarpany. Like Tarpany they're just yeah, incredible Tarpany, top yeah. players. Tarpany was enormous for New Zealand against Australia when they got that win. So you can't take them lightly, but I think the biggest void is going to be the 5-8 role. Mm, yeah. You know, it's huge. And you okay. think with like Jackie too, he, he just – 
he'd fly in from three man Does outside he, in when he sensed his team was looking for more, some momentum or some yeah. energy. Like he, he he affected the game, you know, with the ball and without the ball. So it's a it's a it's a big loss. It's and, a big and, loss. And a little thing like we spoke about Gutho with with um, Parramatta being you know the the heart and soul. When Whiten does fly in, he might miss, but then he'll turn around, chase, and make the cover tackle. Like, he's just everywhere, and he's a competitor. Where have you got him, mate? I've got them coming 11th. Right. So you of, of the three sides we've done so far, you haven't got any of them in the eight. Oh, well, Is I, that do, right? I do, I do. Mate, didn't you listen to what I said about Parramatta? Oh, I sorry, you had Parramatta at seven. Sorry. <laughs> Good to see that the person hosting the <laughs> show listens. Sorry. Yeah. That's I mean, a great start I mean, to the Mate, I, I was that. dozing off. <laughs> was, was that bad or jibber, was it? Off. That's what uh, it's like when you talk. Because I I've go. been listening to you all off-season, <laughs> how good you're going to be on the radio oh, this year. What, are, what I want to know, but because huh? it's just me and Woodsy's going to do a ladder or are you going to do a ladder No, I'm not. I, look, I'm not a professional. <laughs> okay. I'm not a professional. you got splinters in your ass. As long as – Get look, off the fence, mate. I, I leave it to the experts. I'd like to think people go, well, you know what, Maroon leaves it to the experts because I'm just a bloke on the hill. Now, fearless predictions, we'll do one more in this episode – the Broncos, they led the grand final 24-8. They looked unbeatable. Then they got mowed down. My question for you, Woodsy, if I can start with you. Yes, mate. As the bloke on the hill, if I'm a Bronco supporter, am I thinking, I wonder how that affects them psychologically? I, I think it's a good thing for not Not, not saying, that they lost. Not, not that the, yeah, not a good thing that they lost, but it's a good thing for the players to be hurting. Mm -hmm. Remember Penrith lost their first one against Melbourne yeah. and they got absolutely smoked. Like uh, they had a chance to win it at the back end of the game, but the way that was one of the best performances you've seen from Melbourne and it's created a three-peat since then. So the young players will be so much better for it. You look at the likes of Reese Walsh, like he was an out-and-out -out superstar. There was question marks over him start of the year because he was coming from the Warriors. They got him for a cheap buy at that period of time because remember the Warriors would only let him come back to the Broncos, not the Dolphins. Mm. And then the three front rollers, obviously they've lost Flegler, who I think is going to be a big loss because, you know, you look at your Payne Hass and your Carrigans, they bring the ball they bring the ball back really good. Like they get a lot of meters. They're looking at, you know, House is 200 meters. Carrigan's probably 180, but then he's got a great offload, he's got a great passing game. But Flegler's, like, he's the intimidating one. He'll fly out from, you know, Wade said it before with Jack Whiten. He'll fly out from C and just try to put blokes on the backside. That's a bit of a void they need to fill in the middle because he's an intimidating, you know, when you come up against him, you always, you know, got to keep it on your peripherals that you're not going to get hit by him. And then Herbie Farmworth, like, if you watch the grand final against Penrith, some of his carries, like he might not have made 10, 15 metres of carry, but what he was doing is bringing the ball straight back into the meat of the forwards, but getting down, poking his nose through, getting quick play of the balls. And that just gave the likes of Payne Hass, Carrigan, just a play off the back and then gives Adam Reynolds an easy kicking game. But for me, I reckon this season, it all hangs on Adam Reynolds. You know, he had a great year last year. He played a lot of footy. And you can already tell by Kevy. I don't think he's playing any trials. He, he's looked after him. He had a little bit of a, I think a rolled ankle up there, and he's not even risking him before round one. And he knows how much of a, of a main part for that side he is. See, Wado, Adam Reynolds is a bit like your old man's HSV Malou. You only bring it out every other Sundays <laughs> on special <laughs> occasions, don't you? Yeah, well, you know, it's undeniable the effect that he's had you know, mm. in Brisbane. They'll sell as well as for quite a number of years, and then within two years they've gone – you know, you take away Nathan Cleary's last quarter of the game, which was hands God. down one of the best mm. 20 minutes of a player. Unbelievable. Almost single-handedly snatched the grand final away from him. He's, he's gone, he's taken a team from Celadellas to, what do they say, a bees from away mm. from a premiership, mm. right? So I think for me, I see the Broncos doing well again this year, despite the loss of 
Fletcher and, and Farmwealth and Capewell, I think the loss of Capewell has flown under the radar just because of that experience. And you know, as I said earlier with the Sharks, it's not how team, the team reacts when you're going well because that's, you know, it's easy to do. It's, it's the calm head and the and, and st- the steady in the ship when things quite don't go your way. But I feel like Broncos are on the way to having their their swagger back, that chip on their shoulder. You know, I remember when I first came into, hmm. into first grade, you know, that – they had Darren Lockyer's as Petra. I just left them. The Broncos were a powerhouse. You knew when you played the um, the, the Brisbane Broncos, you were in for a, a really tough game because they were a one-city team. Um, they had all the support of Queensland, you know, and they just had legendary teams after legendary teams. And I'm not putting that team up there quite yet, but I think they certainly got that excitement factor back and that chip on their shoulder with their young guys, Reese Walsh, Ezra Mann, obviously Haas and Carrigan there in the forward pack, Jordan Rickey, Katoni Stays. And I think they're on a upward trend and the pain of being so close and losing that grand final would have kept any of the egos that could have potentially got out of hand in check and they would have started a preseason this year. You know, because there's still question marks probably about how they were going to go as a team and, and Kevy and where the club was heading at the start of, you know, this time last year, but being so close, you know, and as close as they were, they know they've got a good team now. They know if they put it together and they play their footy, they can compete with Penrith, right? The three-time premiership winners. And they know they should have put them away. So at having that confidence inside, it certainly will be driving those players, but, they, you know, they still need to go out there and do it. But I actually have them, you know, behind the Sharks at one. I have them finishing at two Broncos on the ladder. two. Given the fact that, as you blokes mentioned, Farnworth, Flegler, Cape all gone. The one you didn't mention, Keenan, Palacia. Where do you have them? I've got them two as well. Okay, you both yeah. got them in second. Okay, boys, well, we'll leave it there. Uh, how was your trip to Vegas, Woodsy? Yeah, it was good, mate. It was all work, no play. Mm. Yeah, I heard that uh, Anthony Seabold didn't even know you were missing. <laughs> Is there any truth in that? Well, he went, he went a week before me. Okay, I didn't yeah, know he we, went as well. well. Same thing. We didn't know he was missing. <laughs> Great to see you enjoying your golf, mate. Do you like my attire, the, the collared shirt? This is just what I wake up and put on now because I get a, I, I run around with my errands, uh, attack whatever I have to do for the day, and then I uh, just check if there's a spot available in the afternoon <laughs> and just swing past Canola Golf you, Club. You know what I'm most disappointed in? Yeah. Wait, I got married in the off-season and you didn't even mention it. I was just about to mention Fail to prepare, prepare to fail, Mate, I was just about to mention, how did it go? You went over to Canada, you stopped via Vegas. We did, we did survive Um, Vegas. I saw some things on social media, but you made it to the ultimate. Yeah, it was all good. It was a wonderful time. We spent um, eight weeks over there. Mm. So the first time around was affected by COVID, the wedding planning. So it felt um, like a massive relief to get it done and it was a long time coming. I spent... A lot of time with my partner's family and obviously our boys spending some time with their grandparents and, and their uncles and, and, and family friends. So it was a great trip. Always good to come home. But now that footy's finished, we will definitely be spending some more time abroad. And how do you find the father-in-law? Is he all right or a bit of a pain in the ass? Well, he doesn't speak much English. So doesn't he? He's, 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 oh, he's, he's French. French. That's yeah. a blessing. So he speaks he's, French, does yeah, he? he's mostly French. So ah. um, we get along fine. He loves a... He loves a beer and a, and, a, and a cognac, so I can't complain with that. Is that Waiters Alley? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, that's the end of Fearless Predictions. We'll be back to do more sides right here on Footy Talk. Footy Talk.